Hello friends and folks and welcome to Scanline Media's Gimmick Awards 2023, our end of the year awards and celebration for the media and experiences we've had in 2023. I'm Six Detmar. I'm Jennifer Uncle. I'm Kyrie Page. And we're here today for the Community Effort Award. So we were doing our thing, which is every every year it's like there are some awards that we're going to do every year, right? There are some that mm-hmm. are basically guaranteed. But it is the gimmick awards. We kind of always try to have a little bit of a gimmick by which we mean, you know, some special awards that we're going to do as a one-off, probably not do again. And we were thinking about what to do. And I was like, you know, I think given the year and how many shitty decisions corporations have been have made, and also, often, how many shitty decisions fandoms have made, it would be nice to celebrate times that the gaming community itself made cool shit. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where c- communities are often, like, inundated with these stories of, like, really, like, terrible people doing terrible things. And also... We just got off. We like we recorded the worst trend, like previously to this, and man, that was a bummer. So it'd be really cool to like use our time to like celebrate some things that are just genuinely really cool, um, that people managed to do in 2023. Which turns out there was a lot of really cool things happening in 2023. Mm-hmm. For sure. Jen, can you read our list, please? Sure thing. For community effort, we have Steam Deck users go above and beyond, Boku no Natsuyamsumi 2 translation, Kurohyo translations, Palette Swap, The Off Season 2, in, and in all caps, Legalize Mute City, uh, Fan Wikis telling fandom to shove it, PPSSPP making games better than the PSP, Bokenger perfectly preserved, Giant Bomb Premium, now on Internet Archive, PokeClicker, City of Heroes Homecoming, and Dust Loop Site Overhaul. Damn, she knows right off the top that she's like, COH, I know what that is. Damn. <laughs> well, I did just read an article that, that where they recently got a, an official license uh, from NCSoft to run the Homecoming server. Oh, I did not know that. Huh. Yep. Here, I can send you a link and stuff. Well, that actually makes a difference, because I was going to say we should cut it because it's not that relevant to 2023. It's just when I discovered it. But if they just got official approval, then fucking hell yeah. Yeah, two hours ago. Jeez, well, I'm dating when we were recording this, but... Sure. <laughs> but the, the only reason they were able to accomplish this is because they still, like, there's still a community of heroes sticking together, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Um... City of Heroes Homecoming is City of Heroes and City of Villains. It's sort of like... It's like, what if they released World of Warcraft, but just the Alliance, and then they added an expansion where they added the Horde, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of how City of Heroes did it when they added City of Villains. Um, And they're just, you know, intact. And those games, you know, have aged, of course, but like... I've been messing around a little bit with the various old uh, defunct MMOs, like, for example, Star Wars Galaxies. Star Wars Galaxies, a nightmare to play, not to get it running, but just, like, the things they expect you to read and do. You're like, the fuck are you talking about? City of Heroes is just a game you play and it's fun. 
It still is. Yeah, like to the point where um, the original developers even tried making their own like spiritual successor at some point. I, I think it was called Champions Online, but uh, it just didn't have the same staying power that uh, the original City of Heroes had. Yeah, and then there was also um, what it wasn't by it wasn't by the same team, but there was uh, DC Universe Online, which is trying to tap into the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, and was, I would say, kind of set back by its obsession with its license, which, you know, surprise, surprise. Yeah, by City of Heroes not being attached to any, like, Marvel or DC or any sort of official license, like, you just kind of are free to let players roam about with the hero or villain of their choosing, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it just, it's great. Yeah. The, the one downside about... Uh, Homecoming receiving the official license is it does sound like NCSoft is forcing the other private servers to shut down, but uh, um, the Homecoming moderators are going to, they said they're going to try and find ways to expand and uh, pull those players into this one. Yeah, it's kind of a thing where, like, I mean, we all know that copyright in the United States is kind of a nightmare, right? Mm -hmm. Um. And you can ignore stuff for a long time if you're not planning to ever do anything with it. But if you want to do something with it, you are legally required to take at least some action against even fan works because copyright here is fucked. Mm -hmm. um, so it seems like this is the best possible solution if they ever like if they're like, hey, maybe we will actually do something with the City of Heroes name sometime we have to give you a license to use this because then it is licensed and we are showing that we are protecting the copyright because you have to have a license, even mm -hmm. though the license is free. Um, or I think it's free. I, guess, I don't know, maybe behind the scenes there's been some money changing hands. But, maybe, um, who knows? But it is just really, like, it's really cool that they're doing this. It's really cool that they're official unless there's no fear of it getting shut down. And yeah, as a side effect, if you're giving someone a license, that means you are not giving other people licenses and naturally there would have to be some, some shutdown. I hope that folding in of these other servers goes well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have one that I can um, offer as like a cut. I just really wanted to shout it out. Um, uh -huh. The off season two legalized mute city. <laughs> um, so I still occasionally poke my head in on the smash community, see how they're doing. They're still like doing their thing, but there was a tournament after the main season is concluded called the off season. Um, it's a little more loosey goosey, although there's still like a $2,500 prize pool like attached to it. Like it's, there's still a reason why like serious competitors show up at this tournament. But the main thing I liked about it was that on the stage rotation was mute city, which if you don't know anything about mute city, that is the stage in smash melee in which it transitions between four different States on like it's the F zero stage. Um, mm -hmm. That well, goes one of, one of two. But. One of two. It goes along a track and then it lowers to like a platform stage, but there's still like high speed like vehicles, you know, that can interrupt the action, basically. And what was happening was that um, like part of the reason I even knew about it was because uh, this was another tournament that Amza won. 
Um, but like the competition was still just as fierce, even though Mute City, in theory, goes against the very principle of a balanced play field. But everyone can use the same gimmicks, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like <laughs> the reason Amza won was because he apparently on a stream like a week ago, like a week prior to the tournament, labbed unique combos on that stage. <laughs> like, that's funny. It, it's pretty funny. Um, like, it was crazy to watch. And it's one of those things where, you know, the community would do well to just occasionally have a little bit of a shakeup, you know, just be like, hey, let's legalize this like weird whack ass stage. And everyone was still just as excited in the and the fights were still just as competitive and fierce. Um, but I thought that was just a really cool thing to have happen. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's it's really important to have kind of gimmicky tournaments sometimes because sometimes you learn the gimmick is not really a gimmick. The gimmick is the hole you've put yourself in as a community. Exactly. And so I I, I encourage people looking up matches from that particular tournament because it is wild to see these competitors like Cabo off of like a speeding car <laughs> or like doing unique tech chases because like on certain parts of the track is like has lower friction than others and it's it just offers new strategies but that was like kind of a one one one-off thing i don't think the main community is going to actually legalize mute city but they really should because that would be a lot of fun to watch but it can go for now or not for now it just goes it's gone it just goes yeah yeah but yeah that's that's cool um I think we can probably cut Boku no Natsuyasumi 2 translation. I think that's really cool. It's a game that a lot of our friends have been waiting, looking forward to for a long time. I think the the thing that gets it cut here is like, I'm certainly curious. I'm not chomping at the bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I think it's a game that's like, oh, this is cool. This should have been translated. If this is a, a pretty, you know, not singular, but it's a pretty distinct experience that that just isn't represented very well in in american games Mm -hmm. and uh it's great that it's getting translated even if none of us here are the the main target audience who was the translation group that did this one because they've been doing a couple high profile translations lately i'm afraid i don't know i believe it's hilltop like uh i think it's something like that let me double check for a moment Uh, yes it is hilltop you're correct okay yeah I'd, I'd also think it should go, but only because, and, and this is more of a compliment than anything else, when a Hilltop translation comes out, you just know it's going to be quality. Like, they've been doing this for several years at this point, and uh, taking pretty niche games and uh, pulling them out and uh, making them more available. Like, obviously, a summer vacation game is a little bit more public than a lot of the other stuff they've done, but... Uh, it's still nice to have something like that around, but uh, I I think it only goes, at least in my mind, because they're a known quantity and they just continue doing excellent things every year. But shout outs to Blue Top. Blue Top? Hilltop. 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 Shout outs to Hilltop for doing that doing that work. Also helped out, not the main translator, but also helped out on the like very recent, like within the last week release of an English translation of dot hack link, which I'm very curious about. Hmm. 
uh, some great some great work happening in the translation business, including Krohyo, which is uh, if you think of the Yakuza series, if you say it's like a dragon, right? Um, this series has been translated as like a Black Panther. It is the PSP spinoffs where you're playing like basically a you know a hoodlum, a teenage hoodlum in Don't high school. Just, yeah, delinquents, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, and there were two of these games on PSP, and it was just sort of like, okay, well, that's never going to happen. Um, it has pretty much happened. They have a little work left to do on the hostess clubs, which both they and I think was not the highest priority, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> um, so they're in probably at some point this year, 2024 probably not that far into it they will finish that part of it but it's like these are like i will want us to do this on novel not new sometime i think it is really cool that these games finally came out over here yeah i'd be happy to do that and i'm sure we could get a fun guest just because of uh how big like a dragon is Mm -hmm. and how good an idea is of like a dragon but in high school that's a good idea (laughs) uh kankabancho revived yeah, yeah, that sounds like I'm. I'm glad that those teams are out there doing the work, mm-hmm. because I like those types of games. Like, especially like a lot of text-heavy games are just like it. It's not enough to just like provide just like a good translation. It's about like having a good understanding of like the tone of character and things like that. And it takes a lot of really hard, dedicated. Well, and that's like, that gets into PPSSPP making games better than the PSP, because a lot of work has been made possible on on the PSP because of that emulator, right? Like, I had the personal experience earlier this year of playing uh, Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops and using basically Game Shark codes that are only possible in the PPSSPP to make it run natively at 60 frames per second, which is wild. Um, and also, of course, remapping the controls so that the camera was not on the D-pad, but on a second analog stick that the PS- PSP does not have. <laughs> um, but, like, there's also examples like the uh, incomplete, but uh, uh, translation of Girin's Greed, right, mm-hmm. on PSP, where the way that game is programmed, most of the text is textures. It's not text actually, and it isn't possible on a PSP to translate that, because you don't have enough, like, resolution to to replace these kanji with English words. There isn't enough resolution available. PPSSPB can force inject higher resolution stuff through workarounds, and make that possible. And that's how Girin's Greed has been translated? Mm-hmm. Menace of Axis 5, specifically, but... Or Metasax SV, I've never been clear. No one's ever said it aloud to me. I don't think there have been five of that specific spin-off within the series. So And yet ooh. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. If it just slipped my notice, that's totally possible. Um I hope that it, it seems like a, like a lot of translations we've been getting, like another one we got last year, of course, was um Tokimeki Memorial, the Super Nintendo version, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of translations now are running into the hurdle of there are people out there with the enthusiasm and the skill and they are running into the hurdle of how these games were built 
and how there is kind of nightmares sometimes, which is why, of course, the Tokimeki Memorial Super Nintendo, the worst version of that game, is translated. All the other versions, including the pinnacle uh, PS1 version, uh, Tokimeki Memorial Forever with you, not translated, because that's a huge nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, efforts are getting there, though. It seems like they might manage to pull it off, but it's going to... It's going to take a lot more work, and a lot of these efforts are not going to make it to completion, completely understandably, because you are doing unpaid work, and if anything, rather than pay, you are being you are working with the promise of potential legal action, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think PPSSPP's side of this, we, we can cut this because i don't think it'll be top three but i think it's very cool the way the mm-hmm. emulator has enabled some, some like work that wouldn't have been possible mm-hmm. um but speaking you know you mentioned like projects never being like completed right yeah. i i want to talk about a project that basically is completed that was a translation project and that's bokenger being perfectly preserved well slight asterisk to that but Anyway, so Gogo Sentai Bokenger was the 30th like Super Sentai series. It was the first shot in 16 by 9 and it was the last one shot on film. Mm. And there's never been a Blu-ray release of it like ever. So what Earthly Subs did, they did basically a lot of like a lot a lot of hard work to make this work. But they not only took the old scripts that had been translated, you know, in 2006 and rewrote them to be, like, snappier, to be, like, a little more in tone with, like, you know, how these characters talked and just in general just kind of modernized the language around it. But Mm -hmm. also taking rips from, like, Amazon Japan and re-encoding them so it looks absolutely gorgeous for, like a show that has never had an official Blu-ray release. Let me just put a screenshot in real quick. And what year is this again? That this came out? Bokenger, the show, came out in 2006. Okay. Uh, but the this work happened in 2023. Right, right. I just want to have context before I see this as to that this is a 2006 show. There we go. Big shovel. That is, again, just it being shot on film means that there's so much, like, really rich detail and lighting happening. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and they also found footage off of, like, basically Korean TV websites. Like, like they actually had to pay money to download some, like, old stuff that wasn't seen since the broadcast of 2006 um they translated that as well and also like guidebooks like surrounding bokenger like basically earthly subs has completed this project of making it look as best as it can translated to modern standards with every bit of like extra material surrounding it brought together in one like thing and that's incredible to me (laughs) And it's a thing that, like, I mean, obviously they they've done a lot more work than your than your casual fan subgroup. But even fan subgroups, we don't necessarily appreciate as much these days because 
it isn't work that's as necessary anymore, right? Because there are of anime, there are so many official translations. There's it's it's suddenly it's good business to translate anime consistently, right? Mm-hmm. But Sentai and and Tokusatsu has not gotten that love. And this amount of, of, of like hard work on something that has disappeared is is really impressive. Yeah. Like having to find like finding broadcast like from 2006 is not a trivial task and no but just like i've checked it out as well like the translation is really good really well done and just it's just like so wonderfully preserved and presented for like there's hope in the future that eventually a bokenger blu-ray will come out but that's like you know, it was 2006. We're probably not going to get that unless they do something for the, you know, in 2026 for its 20th anniversary. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But even then, that might also be of bad quality. So for now, what we have is just a really good way to watch a older Sentai show that was like, I've uh, seen the clips of it being shot on film just really adds a certain quality to it that is kind of lost in the age of like digital filming. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Um I think we can cut Steam Deck users going above and beyond. Mm-hmm. It is it is great, but it is sort of a stand-in for a lot of small things that people are doing and I would rather we celebrate like specific efforts. If that makes sense? Yeah, yeah I guess that makes sense. Um, there is a great community of, of Steam Deck users helping you make tons of games run, helping make a lot of mod supports and, and stuff, helping emulation run really well, helping you do all kinds of, of amazing stuff with your Steam Deck, and it makes that machine a, a, such a such a joy to use, what it's capable of, because of... This is the reason you want this instead of, of fucking whatever ally, right? The ROG ally, Asus, whatever. Um it's because of the support. Whatever device gets made is not going to have the kind of support the Steam Deck has, and it makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is really cool. Even the little stuff that I saw, like I don't own a Steam Deck, but I do love that there is a active scene of like just really cute boot up videos and also just like quality of life stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it has the sense of a. It's basically something that they continuously build on, both from Valve's end and the fans' end, and the two of the, those groups just working together to make all this happen. Like, every other week I load up something on Steam Deck, and I'm really impressed with how folks have made it run, or, like, the specific interfaces they've built like the specific controller configurations to like make something like Deus Ex playable on it. Mm-hmm. We played the original Deus Ex, right? Mm-hmm. Though even then there are there are limitations. I mean like you can make it playable. There are there's stuff that you can't make it feel good. But mm. you know you can only ask so much. Exactly. Um I have one that we can cut. Um, okay. It's a giant bomb premium on the internet archive. Um, that's just nice that like all that premium video is now just on the archive to watch. Um, I am 
confused how that works because Giant Bomb is still a website that operates and is charging for this content. But I don't know either. (laughs) But I'm glad that I could watch Mario Party Party without, you know, having to pay a sub. Sure. That's just nice. But again, that's just the internet doing what it does, which is like, you know, just get it up on the archive and hopefully, you know, if, 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 if I was about to say CBS, but that was like three owners ago. Oh yeah. Red letter media. Is that where we are? Or have we passed them already? No, we're at fandom. Um, oh God, that's right. Which is why I think this dovetails perfectly to talk about, uh, fan wikis telling fandom to shove it. Um, that's fantastic. There, so for those not in the know, fandom is the reason why part like it's part of the reason why the mobile internet is impossible to use. Like you try to look up, I don't know, fucking like in my I guess my example, Doctor Who wiki, and it's a total fucking mess because there's ads everywhere, and you're just trying to figure out like what was said on an episode, right? Yeah, and. There are these really immaculate, really well-preserved like Wikipedias out there that are using the fandom software. And what happens is, again, it's inundated with ads. It runs like shit. It runs like on my decently, you know, on my decent computer, those sites run like crap, right? And so a bunch of fan wikis, notably like the Zelda wiki, I think was like kind of the first to spearhead this was like, no, fuck it. We're going to go to an open source platform and explicitly, you know, not do business with fandom, right? Uh And that's great. That's fantastic. A lot of these, like, these fan wikis are really a communal, like, labor of love, right? And the way that fandom tries to monetize it is gross. And so... Having a lot of, like, really fantastic wikis now, like, doing the hard work, which, to be clear, doing a site turnover is really hard. You would know we ran into, like, our relatively small site, we we ran into that issue. Yeah, not fun. Not fun. It's not fun to do, and it's not very rewarding either, because it's like, you're on these open source wikis, you can't exactly sell ad space or anything like that. Not that you should, right? Mm-hmm. but it is really cool to see these communities come together and, you know, like, like we said, tell fandom to shove it and like preserve the, these pools of knowledge. Yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot of this, like companies that are, that are owning a lot of portions of the internet are not interested in making it, even remotely usable you've got you know the shit with like using kotaku on my phone it's like i've got about 30 seconds before an ad i cannot close literally covers the screen and i simply cannot access the website anymore Mm -hmm. and it's just like this is like i don't understand how this is in your best interest but i guess i don't know you must have some plan but this fucking sucks uh and yeah, fandom of course is is one of those those main perpetrators of that shit, and doing the hard work to push them out is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You you shouldn't need to download an ad blocker on your phone to access a website without the website crashing or 
refusing to load text further, looking at you, PC gamer. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, things are real bad on the mobile web right now, and I'm happy to see people pushing back against it. Yeah. And fandom specifically, because that's, like, a horrible company who bought not just, like, Giant Bomb, but they also bought, like, GameSpot, right? And yeah. it's, like, GameSpot needs to be archived, like, yesterday, you know? Like, mm -hmm. who knows what they'll do to that, because that's also a massive pool of, like, knowledge, not just of, like, guides, but also, like, saves, cheat codes, things like that. But it's also going to be a huge endeavor because they're using like 50 different video formats because they've been around for so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think we can cut Poke Clicker. Uh, Poke Clicker is something I, I came back to. I played this a long time ago and then I switched computers or something and I forgot about it. And coming back to it, I'm having a good time. Um, this is a really comprehensive uh, clicker game that emulates the experience of going through the Pokemon main series games and some of the spinoffs and things that didn't get covered in spinoffs too. Basically, it's like you have dungeons, you have the routes, which are like, you know, defeat a certain number of Pokemon, you catch Pokemon, you do, you know, the whole like put them in the nursery thing, you can get shinies, you can get, you can go to Ore from Gale of Darkness and get Shadow Pokemon and purify Ooh. them. Shadow can, Pokemon, fantastic. You can go to the Sevi Islands, aka the Orange Islands, from the fucking like you know anime series after the Kanto stuff that never was in a game. Um, they have everything through Galar, which is Sword and Shield right now. They have um, both. I said, guess I were right. Yeah, they have Paldea. In testing, they also have Hisui from Legends in testing, and it's going to come real soon. Um, mm. It's a staggering amount of work they've done, and there's even some, like, some not quite original content. I mean, I guess you could say original content, right? There is, like, there was a Christmas event uh, over the last couple of weeks. It has since ended, right? It ended on the 31st. But um, where you could get Santa Snorlax and Grinch Celebi for it. And, and it's just, they do fun stuff with it. Um, it's really ambitious, it's really comprehensive, and it is a huge group effort, because the original game was just Kanto, and it was by this one guy who made it, and then walked away, and he said, if someone else wants to continue it, feel free, and there is a huge community now of people who are collaboratively building this game. I, yeah, I, I see on, like, on the Discord notification that you have that thing running, like, all the time. Mm -hmm. I have it running right now. Discord has just uh, decided to stop telling people. It's, it's, it doesn't find it interesting anymore. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's all something you don't, we don't know. <laughs> just, you, my status is currently breathing. Like, great, thanks. Great. <laughs> um, we can cut it because there's, I think, some bigger stuff here, but I, I think it's a very cool project that people should, you know, if you like Pokemon, you should probably play Clicker. How's the clicking? Like, um, honestly, this is one of the downsides. Not ideal because it is to encourage you to really get in there with the systems as you go into subsequent regions. The numbers game gets kind of frustrating. Mm. Um, 
where you do get to the point where it's like, okay, um, you hatch, like you, you breed Pokemon to like raise their click value, right. Or their idle value, not their click value. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and it is like, okay, I'm going to queue up, you know, 32 eggs to hatch and, you know, AFK. And then I'll do that again and again and again for three or four days when I enter a new area so that I'm able to compete in that area for three or four days. I can barely do anything because the, the, number like wall is up so high it's kind of annoying still it sounds like this is something that you've been enjoying absolutely uh Mm. unless you i mean unless you know a lot that i don't we should probably cut dust loop here dust loop did have to go through a big site overhaul um i think this is related to like fan wiki's telling fandom to shove it um this is just like this. They're both kind of related, but I think Dust Loop they recently made they at the beginning of 2023 made a lot of like changes to make the site like what what Jen? Before we go further, would you mind ex- explaining to both uh, the audience and myself what Dust Loop is? Oh sure, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, um, I, neither Curie nor I would have thought of the fact that we would need to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So. If you want to learn things like frame data, for example, for a character in Grand Blue Fantasy Versus Rising, you're not going to find that on Arxis's official website. You're going to probably find it on Dustloop. Dustloop is a historic, like, originally forum that got converted into a wiki a number of years later that keeps track of all the little nitty-gritty details of mostly Arxis fighting games. Like all your Guilty Gears, Dragon Ball, um, Grand Blue, and several others, like kind of in that like anime fighter wheelhouse. And I think what Dustloop had to do at the beginning of 2023 was like had to do a transfer to a new site because they had ambitions of making the site like a little bit more convenient to use on mobile and also just have like. You know, the ability to hover over a link and then have a short explainer of a thing pop up rather than just a link to another tab, right? Which is can be really convenient when you just want to know what the heck an Okizemi is very quickly. Um, so what Dustloop did is, again, uh, it's just... just to, sorry, just to... I'm going, I'm going live on Discord video, but I will explain what I'm showing as I do this. So, for example, I'm here on the page for Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rising, the recent Grand Blue Fantasy update, um, mm-hmm. and this is the Charlotta page. It has options. It has an overview, a starter guide, some combos, frame data, matchup information, strategy, and other resources. You start off with like, okay, here's what this character is. Here's what they're good at. Pros and cons. Here is a graphics of all their moves, the inputs to do them, how you block against them, how much damage they do, how safe they are, frame data, input data. You can see just the raw hitboxes on stuff. Some a, a lot of this stuff on this particular page has not been updated yet because it is community done and there's a lot of work to do. And but, the game just just recently came out. Mm-hmm. But you can see like this is like and you get down to you can be like okay let me click the matchup section and you're like how do I beat Lewayne as Charlotta? And it's like well you know blah 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 make sure to bait his counter and all this stuff right? It's just it is a fighting game wiki 
which is not the same as a normal wiki. You can have a wiki about fighting game characters. This is just a wiki of everything you might want to know to play a fighting game well. Right. For the people who, like, take this sort of thing very seriously, you want to have a wiki like Dustloop to be able to kind of tell you, like, how to play the game and how to play it well. And all the little nitty gritty details of, like, what's the frame data on, for example, Piccolo's 5L? Right. Mm-hmm. And because when you get deep enough into a game, you're going to want to start knowing that information. Um, and again, not only site migration is like a huge pain, but also there's the double, you know, problem that Dustloop wants to make it a presentable site as well, because they're trying to they're doing the. You know. They're trying to do the work to make it so that anyone can load up a Dustloop page and get everything someone would ever want to know about a character, and maybe even more, so that they can start playing at a competitive level. And it was certainly usable before, but it was a janky mess. Mm-hmm. Well, glad they put in the effort to make it a lot more usable. Yeah. Um, this is like, I think this is going to make a big difference in, uh, Kyrie and I's lives. And I think Jen, if you get serious, yours too, but in the grand scale of things, it feels a bit silly to give this a top three. Yeah, yeah. it does. But shout out to them doing the work, sir. Absolutely. And also supporting other FGC wikis as well, because like on their main page, it's like, Hey, there are other games that we don't cover, but these folks are doing the hard work to do that as well, because we really, as the fighting game community, need to push back on this idea of individual character discords, because a lot of knowledge gets lost when it's yeah. just discords, right? Mm-hmm. But like, shout out specifically to Mizumi Wiki as well. I love that. I actually am one of their patrons as well. <laughs> I give them, I think, like four or five dollars a month. Something like that. Sounds about right. Yeah. But um, yeah, it can go. Uh, but it's Dust Loop is a very important site, I think. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that. Um, before you mentioned anything, I was just looking at like, is that like a site for Dust Force fans or something? <laughs> well, <laughs> it is. It is. It bring draws its name from an old thing in Guilty Gear. Um, I think there might still be some in Strive, but one of your buttons, there's like, you know, punch, kick, slash, heavy slash, and there's also dust, dust attacks. And there is a combo, a loop, using dust repeatedly, a dust loop. Mm-hmm. Hence the name. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I think we should cut Kurohyo, because that's cool, but... Kind of like Bokenger, I think getting City of Heroes Homecoming running and licensed is a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to four. Should we talk about Palette Swap? Because that is another one where I don't know what it's referring to. Okay, Palette Swap is the general title. It's the specific title for one piece of DLC, but it has become the general title for the collection of uh, mods for Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 adding new characters. So this is... Palette Swap is where a game the game already has, you know, like, you know, Captain America 
and you know Iron Man and Zero from the Mega Man series. Uh, but this is where you're adding like Asura from Asura's Wrath. You're adding Jean from God Hand. You're adding multiple Devil May Cry characters. You're adding Captain Marvel and Moonstone. You're adding all this sorts all, of characters. Yeah, and this is all made possible because of a recent discovery of the reason why it's called Palette Swap is because of how the game is coded for dealing with alternate colors for different characters they have found ways to basically do some code injection to put in your own models, move lists, animations. It's kind of an outdated name at this point, which is funny, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because, you- yeah, it is like you've seen those runs at, you know, AGDQ where someone like injects code through like controller inputs into Super Mario World to suddenly make Tetris or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. They're essentially doing that by forcing the game when it's trying to pick an alternate color scheme for a character to forcibly load a different character, move list, model, sound effects, everything. Um, But we've had several pieces of tech drop get figured out um, because the reason that was necessary was because it was impossible to add new characters. You couldn't add new characters to the character select screen. Someone figured out how to do it. There was a bounty, like a money bounty for someone figuring it out. This year, someone did. Then, later in the year, someone figured out how to do custom animations. And you're like, wait a minute, what? All the, cust- all the characters that I've seen so far have just been using animations already in the game? Yeah, sometimes you can tell. Very often you cannot, because they just remix them in a way to make new things. But they figured out how to add custom animations. And at, these, at this point, there is what, like, the community edition is set to add something like 30 characters to the game? If not higher. Like... If not higher, yeah. Yeah, and these are, like, really cool characters, too, of, like, doing some really unique things. Like, one that comes to mind is they added Spider-Gwen, like, from the, like, her appearance from, like, the Enter the Spider-Verse movies. But they also did a thing, which I'm pretty sure is a comic-only thing, where she has an install state, where she becomes, like, um, Spider-Gwenum. Like... Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, a, a Venom version of her yeah, that happens indeed in the comics. Yeah. Or like you have Shinakuma, who is a really interesting use of the game's mechanics because Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is a tag fighter. You swap characters out. You call in other characters for assists. Uh-uh. Shinakuma can't do any of those things. He just hits like a fucking truck. <laughs> but he has the uh, he has the HP value of a of a Kleenex. Yeah, he, like, when you are fighting Shinakuma, temporarily, the game is just, like, a sudden-death 1v1 game. Um, there's just really cool design stuff going on, and I survived December because of watching Palette Swap tournaments. Like, that was the thing that, like, after coming home from a shitty day of work that was really stressful and intense, I would put on a palette swap tournament. At first, the ones from Tampa never sleeps, but they don't do very many. So I eventually found Havengers, who yes. do a lot of them, and they're Bi-weekly. great. And they have, they have always have the players, whoever is not in a match is on the mic commentating, um, including Isis Sarah, the trans girl who beats the shit out of everyone. <laughs> Shout out to Isis Sarah. <laughs> Shout out to Isis Sarah. Um, um, but Ballot Swap is this like culmination of it's more than just a mod. This is just like really genuinely breathing some new life into like a game that has a really passionate fan base. Um, 
it also it cannot be understated that many, many, many of the new characters I've added, you could swear they were basically in base game. That's how good their animations are. That's how great their voice lines are. Mm-hmm. Okay. In that case, I think uh, we should probably cut Bokenger. I look at all the other options that are left here, and they require it. It feels like they require a lot more work to make happen, and they're going in exciting places that will continue to grow over time. And what they did with Bokenger, like no mistake, that's very impressive, and it's awesome that it's been done. But uh, everything else is going to be a work in progress that just gets better and better over time, while Bokenger is just. It is what it is now. But the like steps that Bokin like that Earthly Subs had to get there was like finding, you know, like I said, like obs- obscure Korean TV websites, and they had to pay they had to find a way to pay them money so that they could download these things in order to translate and preserve them. Like, and also just how very often with tokusatsu subs, it's like, it's mostly what TV Nihon have done, and then that's kind of it. I don't know, I think, like, I have, I certainly have a lot of affection for what they've done with Bokenger. Like, I think it being such a special, like, anniversary project for Super Sentai and also giving it the love that basically Toei will probably never give it, mm-hmm. like, I think that says something. I I hear you, and I think what they've achieved really is something special. I do, however, I, I, I kind of agree with Jen's angle that these other threes are not just amazing achievements, but they are bridges to the future. The City, City of Heroes Homecoming license is not just you can run City of Heroes. They were given permission to build their own, basically, expansion packs if they wanted to. That's wild. Palette swap is getting better and better all the time. You saw like some of the demos of of you know Nero from from Devil May Cry of like John Talbane and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Fan wikis cutting fandom out means that fan wikis that have been a plague are just going to be a great resource again, and they're going to keep getting better because they've realized moving off of fandom was a pain in the ass, but. There were also restrictions that came with fandoms that now were more free. I believe that Dustloop was on uh, was on it, right? Was on fandom or something or a really old wiki like engine. Yeah, or or close enough, right? Like maybe this is not specifically fandom, but like some of the stuff they are doing with the way the site is laid out wasn't possible before. Mm-hmm. I I don't want to sell Bokenger short. There is a. It is true that I. Personally, I'm not ever going to look look up Bokenger, I suspect. Um, but I don't want that to... For me, that is not the reason I I prefer the others. It is because Bokenger is a cool achievement, and, and, and as Jen says, it is sort of a little... It's, you know, sealed in an envelope. It's this little thing that has happened, or big thing that has happened, but it is not a continuing improvement. If you feel really strongly about it, I could lose City of Heroes, but I would prefer not to. I don't know. It's just that, like, 
what I, I just uh, think about like what had to be done for Bokendra to get preserved in the way it was like not having Blu-ray sources like is a pain in the ass to de-encode like like streaming footage and translating a lot of extraneous material and retranslating the main script like I think that takes a lot of work and is a very it's a it was like a very passionate like thing that earthly subs did to do the work like said that toy won't but i guess it's like i mean everything here was i mean and i, I you know i'm not saying it but it's like but everything here was a lot of work mm-hmm. everything here was a crazy amount of work mm-hmm. including all the translation um all the translation categories we had in here that got cut We could make this a top four. I mean, I think that's that's allowed for us. I generally take the, you know, I, I, I have the position of that's a last resort because the point of these awards and discussions is for us to make hard choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would cut Bokenger. I think Jen would as well, but not certainly not as an insult to Bokenger. And... If that's sort of a non-starter, maybe we can compromise on this. I I guess I like I would like to have it like I would like to have it represented, but I don't know if I have. I don't know. I I've made the argument that I guess I can, and if it's not winning you over, then it's not winning you over. You know. I to me what it feels like is I mean I think it was like more work than a lot of things here right and I understand like how difficult that was but like you know we talk about some of these you know these translations we had that we've already cut where they're having to like modify the RAM to inject custom textures for words and stuff right it's mm-hmm. just like I I I not that it is worth a lot how much work they did but it doesn't elevate it above it, the other things here because it's all been so much work to me read okay okay uh our top three then is palette swap fan wiki's telling fandom to shove it and city of heroes homecoming i'm gonna go ahead and italicize city of heroes homecoming i don't think that's making the top spot I would give it to Palette Swap, but I'm open to arguments otherwise. I I think I I mean Palette Swap is the one that I'm most interested in. I think like I'm really glad that fan wikis have like done their work to get off of like fandom stuff. Um but like Palette Swap is just like revitalizing like a game that is over ten years old. And really making it fresh, and that's really cool. Yeah, it's the part where they're adding new animations that they, like, create from scratch That's that really wins me over in terms of, like, wow, this is... You're practically making your own game at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes they're just stealing them from other games, but shh. <laughs> <laughs> the original demo showing that someone had figured it out was making Hagar do Bayonetta's little like <laughs> like spinny dance. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, uh, I think 
palette swap is really exciting, and we're not going to have a community effort award next year, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I suspect we won't have it again. It is one of those gimmick awards that's one and done, but if they manage to make a 2024 release date, I could totally see coming on here for some other category to fight for a, a community edition character, the sort of final, not final, but like the fully packaged shipping version of Palette Swap. And that's exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We haven't put any Palette Swap characters on best move list. We need to oh, fix that. No. <laughs> All right. Well, we might we might need to make a separate category. I don't know. <laughs> we might have to do something. Um well, thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to all of our our nominees, all of our runners up. Our winner is Palette Swap with runners up Fanwiki's telling fandom to shove it and City of Heroes Homecoming. We'll be back with more awards. And until we are, folks. Peace out. See ya. Later.